This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Thanks for coming back. If you're a repeat customer, those of you checking it out for the first time, welcome on board. I'm Dan McNeil for the Danny Mac Podcast as I get to finally previewing Sunday's Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57. Uh, we find ourselves inching our way toward it, and uh, I'm going to start by giving myself a pat on the back for not getting caught up in too much hyperbole on radio and television this week that makes you disgust in my case disgusted by a craft that I loved and uh, locally helped build a little bit in two different restaurants if you will got the Burger King across the street from the McDonald's yep I sold a lot of burgers at both joints by the way show me another cat who's got that on his resume but I digress I I finally punched in good morning football today, and I'm so glad I did. I'm so happy Peter Schrager, the New Jerseyan, has a credential for tonight's NFL honors. I'm excited about the, the television event, and I, I don't expect it to be as entertaining as last year's was because Keegan-Michael Key is not the MC. We have no Kelly Clarkson tonight, a contest winner who's developed a terrific career as a talk show host, and she can sing. I was unaware. Uh, I got confirmation from a musical expert, a musicologist, if you will, especially over the last 25 years, my wife, Sherry, because she understands pop culture, and I still musically live in a century gone by, literally. Although I did like the Stone Temple Pilots briefly, even though I once called them the Stone Temple Pirates on the radio, proving that I'm a boomer. In every way. Uh, so the NFL honors tonight, I am anticipating Geno's. The only thing that would upset me if Geno Smith of the Seahawks doesn't win the comeback player of the year award. And he was a colossal favorite to do so late in the season because he was a punchline at the beginning. And I apologize for you, multiple customer, all repeat customers who've heard me say this already. A lot of people just jumping in. We all thought the Seahawks were going to be a big pile of shit at the beginning of the year. This is going to be Pete Carroll's worst year in the Emerald city. Not the case. Geno Smith, who was in obscurity for six years after making the jets look foolish for drafting him in his two years there had a terrific year. His completion completion percentage was the best in the NFL. His rating was among the top five. Those important categories by which you judge NFL quarterbacks as a passer, he was walking with the best in the game after holding a clipboard for a half a dozen years. 
forgotten but not gone. If that isn't the definition of a comeback player of the year, tell me what is. He also is a free agent. It's a good time to be Geno Smith, and I sure hope his name is called tonight. I expect that to be the case. The event was very entertaining last year. You know, a lot of you poo-poo it, poo-poo it. I have no interest. I'd rather watch a movie. There's NBA basketball. Keep it. Um, Give it a chance. Give it a shot. If you're a football fan, I think you'll be entertained. And one of the things that I found incredibly, surprisingly delicious last year was how talented so many of the young stars in the league were. They didn't have big parts, but they would take the microphone, a cordless in the crowd, sit down next to a celebrity or lean over to a celebrity and do a real fast give and take and then do a tease to the upcoming segment before the commercial break. Jonathan Taylor of the Colts looked like he'd been doing it for a while, and I was a huge Jonathan Taylor guy last year. I rode him into the postseason derby in my fantasy league. Uh, Didn't win the Super Bowl, but I got there largely because I had the NFL's leading rusher, and he showed he could he could actually throw it to a break. I hear guys on on the radio almost weekly who have been doing it for 20 years and struggle to throw it to a break. One of them had the day off today. Um, anyway, uh, looking at profootballtalk.com today, a few sidebars coming out of Super Bowl week that are interesting. I don't want to spend too much on neutral sites for a um for conference championship games, because there are two bigger issues. One of them has to do with the man in the white hat this weekend, Sunday night, Carl Jeffers, who has a real good opportunity to be a part of the biggest stories of the game. And a guy whose name you will hear on Monday morning, all over talk shows in America, because he did or didn't do something. I I think that much is, is inevitable, but Falcons owner, Arthur blank says no to neutral site, conference championship games and Atlanta was where the Chiefs and Bills would have played for the AFC title had it come to that had the Bengals not gone into Buffalo and kicked the crap out of the Bills to my delight oh was that fun that's where the game would have been played Atlanta and you know one plus one equals three. We all start doing a little bit of thinking about it and say, Hey, this is another way for the NFL to line its pockets down the road. And it also eliminates potentially really bad weather games that compromise the integrity of the sport. Frankly, I'm never coming off that you'd hate to see a game, you know, especially if it's two pretty, pretty passing teams have to play in a driving snowstorm. That would suck. It would eliminate some of the greatest talent in the game and turn it into a you know a 1960s football game. All of us should be past that by now. The speed of these players and the size of wide receivers for the last 20 years. Herman Moore said Al Michaels. It, it just it, it makes it suck. So I that would be a positive that would come out of that. And the NFL would make a fortune because you'd have qualifying cities like New Orleans vying for it, like Atlanta, no matter what Arthur Blank says in Arizona yesterday at the Super Bowl, Arizona would be a better if it weren't hosting. 
the Super Bowl as it is this year and as it will again because the the whole Maricopa County area is is very well equipped to accommodate hundreds of thousands of people literally who come to the Super Bowl city and I failed to mention that in my podcast earlier the week talking about the Super Bowl experience having been to Hype Week on 13 occasions over the years That'd be one of those bitters too, but it eliminates the sport, the sportsmanship, what, what should be a just reward. It's obvious. Why do you try to win every game? So you get to play before 70,000 fans, or in the case of the bears, 61, five right now. Thanks, Ted Phillips. You get to play in front of your crowd, your environment. You don't have the distractions and crap that goes with travel. It's obvious why you want to play the game there, even though the home team doesn't always win. And it's just so blatantly greedy. How gluttonous do you need to be, Roger and company? Five games in Europe this year, three in London and two in Germany, uh, different cities. Frankfurt is one of them. Uh, By the way, Frankfurt is the capital of Kentucky, not the one in Germany, but everybody always would say Louisville or Lexington. Bar bet opportunity for you. Ask the guy sitting next to you, what's capital of Kentucky? He's not going to say Frankfurt. If he does, I'll buy you a shot because I'm surprised, you know, more people don't know that. But I paid attention the day they taught state capitals at Ball State. And here's something the NFL does that people are not aware of, and it's 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 bad they they make a ton of money in the name of charity twice a year breast cancer awareness month where you can get your team's logo on a pink hat or a pink t-shirt you've been affected by breast cancer in your life you want to show your team spirit while also creating awareness for breast cancer a portion of the proceeds go to breast cancer research A portion is a very loose term. But what are the charities going to do? What salute to service the following month? Hey, there's a cool camo sweatshirt. My team's colors, the Saints colors go really well against that backdrop. I'm going to get me one of those. I'm down to an XL, by the way, if you want to get me one. I don't have an NFL team, though, so I don't really need one. My NFL team is the team I bet on on that given day. They, they they give so much of a ridiculous percentage to the charity, but the charity, it winds up being a huge number. So the charity is not, what are they going to say? Hey, this ain't enough. They're going to try to do a smear campaign. They're going to say, thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you next October. Look forward to pink shoes on Sundays. They can't say a word. Pennies, pennies on the dollar go to the charities. We don't need neutral site conference championship games that's the reason you try to go 14 and three (sighs) greed money before i get to the officials because i think this is going to interest you more even though i'm more into the carl cheffers experience on sunday and things that are being written about him especially in kansas city there's a buzz for the zebras and um, danny whitehead it's all over it for you But uh, I was late sitting down to this because I couldn't get out of my truck. Something I heard on the Scores Morning Show this morning. They had a broadcaster on, and uh, Tom Thayer was sitting in for Mully, to my delight. And David Haw and Thayer were interviewing, uh, was his name, Ian? 
Ian or Everett. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, anyway, the guy is making the contention. He has built a case. And I didn't know at the beginning he was from Philly, which makes all the sense in the world. He's building a case today. If you are starting your franchise today, you would rather have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts than Patrick Mahomes because of the way today's game has progressed is his contention. Look at some of the big play quarterbacks from recent years and you see fields because he can extend plays and, and run rip off 60 yard touchdowns to make, you know, redemption for the previous pick six he threw late in the season. Can't remember the opponent. I think it might've been Detroit, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, it was Detroit. It was that first round pick, Jeff Okuda, who out of Ohio state, who'd not panned out. He's always hurt, always in the tub. Delma, North Dallas 40. Have you seen it yet? And uh, I start to think about how Lamar Jackson already is showing signs of slowing. All you have to do is look at Sean Payton's enormous challenge in Denver, trying to resurrect the career of Russell Wilson, who was tracking to the Hall of Fame, got to two Super Bowls very early in his career, makes up by being a squirt, makes up for that 5'11 frame, by extending plays, by running, by making himself small. And finding at that time some guys who were pretty garden variety wide receivers. A Seattle crew wasn't exactly, there was no Devontae Adams on that team. They had some guys who'd catch the ball, but they didn't have huge playmakers. And Russell Wilson won with those guys because he could extend plays. Now, that's something that Fields didn't do this year without without talent around him. But I think Russell's guy, just to be fair, Russell's guys were better than this Bears cast. But naturally, a Bears fan who already believes Justin Fields walks on water is going to hear that and he's going to salivate. And I I couldn't get out of the truck because I wanted to hear the guy continue to make his case. And he never paused to recognize the history of, recent or past on how the shelf life is so God blessed short for those kind of quarterbacks. It's not sustainable. And when you're looking at salaries now, guys like Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, 230 million guaranteed dollars. And his running ability was not this is not the same as it was when he was such a terrific very exciting first-year player with the Texans. Then he blew out his knee. Not the same guy. Wasn't very good when he finally came back from his massage table experiences. Um, Was it 12 games, 11 games? Came back and his first date was against Houston. Oh, that's good stuff. You can't win with guys like that five years down the line. I got bad news for you, Fields enthusiasts. You're you're one misstep away from an ACL, and it doesn't even have to be from contact. I would be so terrified by that because the dude hasn't gone next level yet as a passer. He's improved. He looks downfield more. Yes, he makes better decisions, but he still holds the ball too long. He still doesn't find open receivers, doesn't have great vision, doesn't feel pressure well. You repeat last year, I guarantee you he plays fewer than the 16 games he played this year. 
if you play the first eight the way you played when he was 100% this past season. In essence, what this reporter from WIP in Philly is saying, yeah, oh yeah, Patrick Mahomes isn't real good, but man, you're doing it today. You're doing it today. You need a guy who can be so Jalen Hurtsy, so Lamar Jacksony, Justin Fieldsy. Bullshit. That's not. That's not going to be any value for you in a half a dozen years. And give me the guy who's done it one time. You got a guy, Jalen Hurts. If he takes a confetti shower Sunday night in Glendale, will be the first guy in history to be a legs first quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Don't tell me Steve Young when he blitzed the Chargers years back. Steve Younger's Steve Young's rushing numbers pale in comparison. His attempts, most of those guys in that era, and this is mid nineties, their rushing yards were a result of scrambling, getting away from people. Fran Tarkin had got the Vikings there, three out of their fours. Fran Tarkenton was running for his life, and he had to, and he was a shrimp, too. He was 5'10 or 5'11, and he never won it. Trent Dilfer won it with nominal passing skills. Super Bowl 35, Ravens all over the Giants. Giants punter Brad Maynard needed to ice down Ball State. Needed to ice down his leg after that game. He set a Super Bowl record for most punts in a game because the Giants' offense was so impotent. While the Ravens' offense all year pounded the crap out of opponents with Jamal Lewis. That's how you win a championship if you want to do it by running the football. Not having a running quarterback. Dilfer, yes, above average. He had a good season people don't want to give him credit for. He didn't give it away. And he put the ball you know, safely in number 31's belly. And the Ravens had the best defense in the league. The Bears aren't even Bears don't have more than three or four guys max. You can say, okay, here's a starter. They got to replace at least two offensive line. You got to have two new starters for the Bears on opening day. You need two or three defensive linemen who weren't part of it this year. You got to get more depth at linebacker. The only place you feel good defensively is the secondary. The rookies had a nice year. But a uh, long way to go. And if, you're, if your objective is to be exciting offensively, have at it. Go, go find the next Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields. Go do it. You want to be more exciting? You want to have more flash, more pizzazz? Go do that. You're not getting to the Super Bowl. And if you do, you probably won't win it. If you do, congratulations, you're going to be the first. That doesn't change. You don't reinvent this game. And... Uh, That's what our pal with the hyphenated last name from WIP was trying to suggest. Oh, he got worked up there. Good to get worked up. Apologies for those who heard this uh, on Monday. It's it's redundant to you, but my favorite proposition bets in the Super Bowl, focus on pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. Total in the game is five and a half. You have to pay a little bit of a price for it. Uh, you know, I think minus 102 or something like that. It's fluctuating all the time, so it doesn't make sense for me to throw out a number. By the time this gets in your ears, that number will have changed, but it's a slight favorite, and uh, I think there will be more than five and a half sacks. I think there are players on both teams who are outstanding bets to have at least one sack, and that's where 
the total over-under is set for all of these great pass rushers. Hassan Reddick of Philadelphia, Chris Jones of the Chiefs. And they are not one-man wrecking crews. They got a lot of help. That Eagles defense had four guys with more than 10 sacks this year. And Ndamukong Sue is, is still effective on occasion. Fletcher Cox is a good football player. Brandon Graham still has gas left in the tank. And when you have to give so much attention to Reddick, who's been outstanding, I mean, I watch this guy. Number seven gets your ass. He will sit on your chest and reach for your throat. Um, there's going to be sacks. And what's that going to do to the Chiefs in terms of how they deploy Travis Kelsey? If they're getting absolutely smoked by Reddick, you can't single block him. And here's bad news, fans of the Arrowhead, formerly known as the Burrowhead. The tackle Orlando Brown cannot move his feet. That's a negative when you're in protection. I know Mahomes likes to get rid of the ball quickly. I know Mahomes is clever in getting away from you. He's also got a bum ankle. No way his ankle, you know, high ankle sprain is going to be ready in three weeks. He might be more mobile. He'll take a shot. Will he admit it afterward? He didn't last time. I'd take the shot. Hell yeah. I love needles. Back to uh, North Dallas 40. Nick Nolte is Phil Elliott. I like, uh, I like, Ind- I'm betting Indomitian Sue to get a sack because he's a longer shot than the obvious choices on the Eagles. You have to pay a price for Reddick. You have to pay a price for Jones on the other side. And Jones's helpers can take advantage of an Eagles offensive line that's protected very well and a very mobile quarterback. I understand that, why you'd have trepidation, because Philly has very good protection metrics. They are good, but they also have Lane Johnson nursing a groin injury. That's problematic. You ever have a groin injury? It's it's not pleasant, Chiefy. It's, uh, it's bad, and he's got that. And they'd like to get their tight end going downfield as well when they're throwing the football because he's very good when when 100%. So I think lots of sacks. I also like the total on over under um, passing receiving yards for Jarek McKinnon. You don't have to pay a big price for it. Uh, checking it yesterday afternoon, it was minus 109. That's just the vig on betting the game, right? Uh, 10% and not even. It's 44 and a half. He's the lightning to the thunder who is Isaiah Pacheco. I have kind of falling, fallen for these Chiefs. I like guys who don't give a damn about playing for 10 years and just want to kick your ass today. And that's what number 10 Pacheco is. America is learning that slowly. I saw it the first time they gave him the football. That dude's a badass. And I think, but you have to pay a big price for his total. It's not a huge total and he may get it, but uh, I I like the price on Jarek McKinnon, number one. I liked McKinnon when he was a Viking um, and thought the Bears would have been wise to make a play for him. He was, at the time, he was only a gadget. They didn't give him a ton of tries, you know, give a guy a break running back, throw him the ball twice a week. Uh, he went to San Francisco and got hurt. Goes to Kansas City. He's been he's been a valuable player. 
They've got a bunch of those guys, and only one of the receivers who hurt is going to miss. So I think the Chiefs, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. I do. Interesting bet on whether it goes to overtime. Only one Super Bowl has. That was when the great Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan decided let's give Brady a chance after leading 28-3. to That game went overtime 12-1. to If it's, it's unsettled after 60 minutes, that's kind of a nice, real small little play. If you think these teams are evenly matched, then when the line is as low as it's been, one and a half, two, it goes either way, easily goes to overtime. We've seen a lot more overtime in recent years. This year included 12 to one. Nice return on that. I like A.J. Brown for an anytime touchdown. And that's my Pacheco play to make sure I have something invested on a guy who has made me make couch noises during this football season. All right, let me get to the zebras. Roger Goodell yesterday said NFL officiating has never been better, but will never be perfect. I agree with the last part of what the commissioner said. Carl Cheffers is the referee for Sunday night's contest. I have all the confidence in the world. He'll be part of the story Monday morning. Just too much history here. And Chiefs fans have been buzzing for some time about Cheffer's fingerprints being on bad losses for the Chiefs. Look no further than the last time they danced in the Roman numerals stage when they lost to the Bucs two years ago, 31-9. That was the final score on the scoreboard. Penalties called Chiefs 11, Bucs 4. Cheffer's was the guy in the white hat. Cheffers' crew, the last two years, have been the flaggiest crew. I like that as an adjective. The flaggiest crew in the NFL. They throw more penalties. However, this is an all-star crew, and I don't agree with the NFL's policy on this. I think officiating is a hell of a lot more than showing up and uh, having a cup of coffee three hours before kickoff and saying, hey, how you doing? Where are you from? You should know these guys. You should work with them as the crews do in the regular season. And then when all the chips are on the table for big dough and the biggest stages, they work with all-star crews. Hey, line judge, side judge, back judge, umpire. They don't know these guys. You should know them. This is the third Super Bowl Cheffers has done. The over-under on penalties is 10 and a half. Uh, I'm not going to bet the, the total on penalties because I know the, the officials are instructed. I don't know how stringent they're supervised in this regard, but they don't want to call too many penalties in a Super Bowl. And I talked to Jerry Markbright just four years ago five years ago. It was, uh, it was championship Sunday, five years ago, uh, when I was returning to the score, Mark Bright blew the whistle in four of these Super Bowls. And I said, I, I, cause I'd lost on the uh, prop bet on penalties, the previous Super Bowl. I said, you can't, you can't tell me seven or eight penalties in a Super Bowl is right. You, you just can't. And you don't have to call one on every play, but you can't. And I looked at his record in the Super Bowl, and the first time he was gonna he was given an assignment was Super Bowl seventeen, the Washington Redskins all over the Killer Bees of the Miami Dolphins, twenty seven to seventeen. I think was the final in that game. John Riggins was the MVP. He set a Super Bowl record for rushing yards. I believe it was one sixty six, breaking Franco Harris's record. 
he said in Super Bowl nine against the Vikings, 158. If uh, my savant cap is fitting appropriately, I don't know about the total. It scares me of the total, but I'm sure hoping Cheffers and I, I suspect it's gonna it's gonna swing one way or another. There's going to be something. I don't think, and I don't have an answer to what Goodell said about officiating never being better. I can't put my finger on what the best era of NFL officiating was. As much as I've paid attention historically to the officials, going all the way back to Ben Dreith, through Bernie Kukar, through Terry McCauley, into today's crop, I love Craig Rolstead, number four. I love a lot of these guys. Excuse me, I get all excited talking about the adjudicating community. I've seen some really bad calls every goddamn one of them has made. How about Bill Vinovich in a playoff game a few years ago on a pass interference penalty or not? Saints go home, Vikings go to the NFC title game. Just a terrible call or non-call. It happens. It's never going to be perfect. And there's not always going to be indisputable proof of video. You lose sight of the football when guys are falling on it. Guys are falling on them. That could affect the spot near the goal line or a first down marker. It's never going to be perfect, but it's way better than America thinks. And I've I've been on this before. I I was in the referee's corner when they were locked out. What was that at the beginning of the 2012 season, I think, when Ed Hockley made the cover of Sports Illustrated with the uh, the headline, oh, so now you love us. A friend of mine framed that and gave it to me. I have an Ed Hockley jersey in my closet. Thank you, Ben Finfer. Uh, kindred spirit in the refereeing community. Wasn't Cheffers the ref who called the body weight penalty against Derek Carr this year? It's just that when you saw, you saw Chris, I'm really sure it was Chris Jones. There he is, another chief victim. Uh, you saw him try to hold himself, keep himself. Yeah, that was the game. That was when Troy Aikman talked about the competition committee next year when it gets together, take the dresses off people. And, of course, the PC were up in arms. Off with his head, you misogynist. No, that's not what he's saying. People have a cause. They need to fight. Curing all the evils by tapping digits on a phone or keys on a laptop. I hope it's an entertaining Super Bowl. Naturally, I want to win a little bit of money, but... I, I I'm looking forward to these two teams. They both deserve to be there. It wasn't, this didn't go the way I wanted it to go. I bet Cincinnati, I touted Cincinnati the back end of the season. I thought just as they did in 21, they were peaking at the right time that season burrow with a 900 yard, two week stretch. And he was pretty good going into this one. Not quite that good, but it's hard to be. And they had two running back. I thought they'd be here. They're not. They're not, and the Eagles deserved it. The Eagles kicked their ass on the line of scrimmage. They beat. They didn't protect Burrow enough, and he doesn't have the escapability that's necessary. He's not slow back there. 
but he's not going to extend plays the way some of the other ones do. The way the guy in Philadelphia thinks you build your franchise around. It's not how you do it. So I'm probably going to take the Eagles just because of that. I really want the Chiefs to win because I want to continue to ride the asses, frankly, of those who think Justin Fields, the water walker, will take the Bears to the Super Bowl. 33rd rated passer in the league, was he this year? We ain't got some got some work to do there. So anyway, I'm taking the Eagles, small play. The investments will be made primarily in the, the prop bets so I can go all day. Real tough one, first sack in the game, as I love to watch these pass rushers work on guys. Uh, because it could be any one of these guys. You got eight, you got George Karloftis, boiler up, had a great second half for the Chiefs. He could be one of these guys. And he's got good odds. First sack in the game, too random. I played first sack in the game when the Bears were in Miami to play the Colts. And it went until the third quarter, middle of the third quarter, before the first official sack of the game went down. Now, first touchdown, I had $400, two, two guys on each team for 100 Thomas Jones of the Bears and Desmond Clark, I think, and I took the Colts Clark, Dallas Clark, Liverpool, Iowa, hello, and uh, likely Joseph Adai or Dominic Rhodes. They both had monster games. The Colts rushed for 191 yards against the Bears. Peyton Manning was the MVP, but they pounded the Bears' asses in the front seven. It's really how they took over that game. So Hester returns the opening kickoff, and I'm out 440 bucks with the juice. But I immediately rationalize, get through the day without a good, juicy rationalization to justify your erratic behavior. I can't. I'll quit smoking tomorrow. Um, but I look at the bright side. I bet the Bears. I bet the over. Neither one of those came in either. So maybe my first sack of the game, maybe Bears rushing uh, attempts will go over. It didn't either. The Bears had the ball third quarter driving near midfield and Ron Turner, my guy, I like Ron a lot. I thought he was a good coach. You know, everybody makes mistakes. Real good person. Really, really. He and Norv both good people. I tend to like coaches when I, when I get to know them, only a few I thought were colossal jag offs, neither of those guys. And, uh, and instead of running the ball with Thomas Jones, Turner calls a pass. Gross, Rex Grossman stumbles. And Booger McFarland, the analyst now, touches him. He just touched him. It wasn't even a satisfying snack. A snack. A snack. Sack. I didn't get to see a quarterback's back bow. Uh, or the ball come pop loose. So we're going to find out whether it's a pass or a fumble. Uh, no, it wasn't that. Grossman slips McFarlane touches him end of end of prop bets player on each side Alex Brown's of the Alex Brown of the Bears and I had Dwight Freeney the fair I had both favorites uh they still paid like six to one I think I saw Reddick at plus 350 uh, that's a nice return on investment and this dude's a bitch but it's so random I might take one of those. Hey, man, I got to stop yapping because I could keep going. This is the Super Bowl. This is going to be awesome to be back with you on Monday and talk about uh, the Eagles' overtime victory. For those of you now who I've uh, I, I've titillated with the 12-to-1 payoff if it's not finished 
after 60 minutes. Have a great weekend. Adam Delavitt from Bet Rivers, I thank you. You're an awesome dude and a great boss. And uh, it's Sam Michael, Mr. Chief. Enjoy yourself on Sunday afternoon as well. And thank you for producing the show. I'm Danny Mac. Have a great weekend. I'm back Monday. Tail lights for now. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. 